Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And it truly is an honor for us to be with you once again this week. For all of you who are our regulars, it is great to be rejoining with you here today. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you're tuning in from one of your favorite streaming devices, uh, whatever platform that is, we are just honored and thrilled to be with you. If you're new, welcome aboard. Welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast. You know, our commitment in this podcast is to help you become a more remarkable CEO, which means a more remarkable leader, leading the people that have been entrusted to you that are in your charge, including your team, including the community that you serve, and including yourself. So today, I'm really excited because this is going to be uh, a topic, Dr. Steven, that I know is uh, going to help us as leaders, as, as leaders to become better leaders, because we're actually talking about how you leverage the resources, the limited resources that you have, first and foremost, that your team has. And really, that's going to make the difference between whether you're running a busy office or a productive office. That's going to make the difference between the level of success that you're going to experience. A lot of people hit what they call the glass ceiling, which is, I can't figure out why I can't move past this place. I'll tell you what, I think you're going to find there's going to be some gold in this episode that's going to really help you get some revelation for breakthrough. Dr. Steven, excited yeah. to talk about our subject matter today. Love this conversation, Dr. Pete. It comes to the forefront every quarter. As we wrap up our quarters, we assess our productivity. How did we do uh, relative to our goals? And as we set our sights on what we are going to do moving forward into the next quarter as we plan and prepare to execute, right? So uh, I love uh, these exercises because it forces the you to pick your head up, right? So we're all head down, bum up, you know, we're just, we're in it just like all you guys, guys, remember we're CEOs is in there slugging it out, right? So just don't think that, you know, hey, yeah, these guys, what a great job they have. Like once a week, they record podcasts. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, we come into the studio in two wheels. <laughs> and uh, man, um, I love the exercise of just stopping and assessing and saying, okay, so how do we do, right? And in other words, outcomes, what were our outcomes? Um, I found myself, I was in Boston yesterday, I got an opportunity to teach a group of about, I don't know, 25, 30 docs. Um, and I said, I, I found myself talking about, I, I have an attachment and I have an attachment to outcomes. I really do. It's like, this is a personal thing. It's like, it was true as a chiropractor working with patients in the day to day. I was attached to them getting better health outcomes and having a better health experience. I was attached to it, which meant that I had to embrace the fact that I couldn't do the outcomes for them they had to change their behaviors, right? And we've all done this behavior modification. Uh, if you have kids, you know what I mean? It's just fruitless to try to, it's like, just smash your head against the wall. You know, you can't just modify people's behavior. It's, you're not gonna get longstanding behavior modification to drive the outcomes you're looking for. So you have to go further upstream and change, change people's mindsets, right? So their belief systems, because belief systems organize our behavior, our behavior drives our outcomes, right? So I'm attached to outcomes. So same thing in business now is like, I wanna look at the outcome, what's the output, right? And at the end of the day, 
Um, that's, you know, that's really what matters. It's not about how hard did you try? How much did you work? How hard did you work? When you're a mission driven, purpose driven person, what matters is the outcomes, right? So, and that's, uh, hopefully energizing to everybody on the line here as it is for me. And I just recognize that you can't do the outcomes, right? So you have to focus on the behaviors that drive the outcomes. And of course the mindset and the belief systems around what it takes to drive those desired outcomes. So it's a great conversation we're going to have today, Dr. Pete, as we talk about really the four limited resources that we have as humans and as leaders of humans, as CEOs, what we recognize is our job is to collect and direct the four limited resources of our team, of our organization, of our people, right? And we know what those four limited resources are. It's time, energy, focus, and money. Uh, and we look at this and we say, okay, so here we are, we have these four limited resources. I think people can relate to, Hey, we only have so much money to spend, right? So they think of it as from a budgeting perspective, we only have so much money to spend. So they audit, how did we do with spending our money? What kind of ROI did we see return on our investment of our time? Did we see, but I want everybody to start thinking about ROF. What did you get for a return on your focus of your uh, return on your investment of your focus. Uh, and then ROT, what did you get on return on investment of your time? And then ROE, return on the investment of your energy, not just the ROI of your money, right? So limited resources, time, energy, focus, and money. This is the conversation we're going to be having today. And it really, it's really about optimizing the outcomes and the output from that machine you call your business and the reality is, is you got a choice to make. You yeah. got a choice to make. And that is quite simply, you can either be proactive or be reactive, right? As a CEO, you have that choice to make every day. Are we going to be proactive going into this, into this quarter? Or are we going to be reactive going into this quarter? And, you know, in short, it comes down to the question of, are you going to have a creative process that's proactive where you will plan and prepare and you choose how to spend and invest yours and your team's time, energy, focus, and money moving into the quarter? Or are you going to surrender to being reactive? And you're going to end up in my, my theory on this is that you're going to end up spending the same amount of time, energy, focus, and money in a reactive way. And you're going to spend all of that time, energy, focus, and money playing problem whack-a-mole as opposed to a creative process that's going to help manifest your vision. For the first time ever, we're teaching the complete TRP system in one comprehensive seminar. Your team can learn the entire Remarkable Practice new patient conversion system and ideal patient retention system in a single weekend. This will be the best bang for your buck training experience of the year. May 13th and 14th in Orlando, Florida, and June 10th and 11th live in Sydney, Australia. Register your team at theremarkablepractice.com or find the link in the show notes below. So I had a conversation with a CEO over text um, this week, and the conversation was essentially like, man, the essence of the conversation was this, this is hard. And I don't feel like I'm doing a good job being a CEO. So the, the two parts of it was, man, this is hard. It's taking time. And I don't know if I'm really doing a good job. And I, and I had to 
you know, have a moment and we needed to circle back and walk through some things. We need to take a look over our shoulder and say, look at how far you've come. And I think sometimes when we're on the journey, we can get easily discouraged. It's like, man, I've been working at this, but I don't even know if I've made any progress. Well, I'll tell you what, I had another email conversation with another CEO and I shared with her, I said, listen, it's inch by inch. That's how you take a mile. So remember inches and miles. You want to go miles? You want to, you, you want to see your life change. It takes, it's one inch at a time. Talk about the gridiron. It's a game of inches. Guys, it's about the little things. So even as we get into this stuff today, number one is I want to encourage you if you're in it, because you are, because you're listening to this, that stay in it. And even if it sometimes doesn't feel like you're making progress, stay in it. Um, because it's, it's, it's the little things that accumulate over time. Momentum, what makes momentum is moment by moment. It's the accumulation of moments of doing the right things, moments of being focused. And if you can, if you can connect a moment or an hour of moments or a day of moments and then a week of moments, and we can do that, that's where remarkable is. That's where the highest level of productivity is. That's how I have always trained my staff in the office is, guys, you guys want to see these big, we want to be able to serve as many people as possible. You know how it's going to work? If we can nail, not only today, but if we can nail this shift, not only this shift, if we can nail this, if we can nail the first hour of the morning, as soon as we open that door, if we can nail this first hour, because I know we've got all these different things in the schedule. We've got this new patient, we've got specials, we've got this, we've got all these adjustments, we've got the progress. Guys, I'm telling you right now, if we can nail, if we can do this first hour right, and we can do then the second hour right, and we can do the third hour right, our first three hours today, it's going to be incredible. And just being able to, to dial in and say, we're going to be focused on what's important right now. I'll tell you something that's also a pet peeve of mine, not focused, being not focused. Like, where are you right now? Like, are you fully present? Now, I know multitasking is a beautiful thing. And probably some of you are listening to this podcast while you're driving. I do that. Or you're working out. I do that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, but are you focused? And are you focusing productivity, reactive versus uh, proactive. This is the difference. And I think right now, some of you are listening and this is just, you're just, I can tell you right now, some of you have just not been focused recently. It's just the truth. And and I'm not, it's just the reality. You've got a lot going on. You've got a lot of things going on in your personal life, your family, got a lot of things going on in your business. I got you, feel you, but you're not focused. And the reason why is you've gotten to a, a vicious cycle, not a virtuous one, but a vicious one of being reactive. And things have gotten a little bit out of control. And what we want to talk about today is something that's going to liberate you. It's going to save you a lot of, it's going to make your, your sleep score is going to be better. Your readiness is going to be better. Mm-hmm. We promise you. You start doing this stuff, right? You start measuring your HRV, you start getting into your, how am I really doing physiologically? Guys, if you're in reactive state, you are in, you are in sympathetic dominance. You are building disease in your body. We're not okay with that. We don't want that for you. Too many. Anyway, we're just not okay with that. We've got to get you back to the health from the inside out. This is an inside out thing. And Dr. Steve, you said something earlier before we jumped in and you said a bunch of stuff right here. ROE, ROF, you know, ROT. Everybody's like, all right, I'm done. I got to go back. <laughs> but so, so the question is then, and this is something my wife and I do. So we have a budget and, and it's not natural for us. Like we actually don't actually like doing it, but we have to do it. And so budget basically says this, you tell your money where it's going to go. Well, guess what? You budget for your money. What about for your focus? What about for your time? What about for your energy? What are you doing? You tell your energy where it's going to go. You tell your focus where it's going to go. You tell your time where it's going to go. 
that's what we're talking about. Let me ask you, Doc, do you have a budget for your time, a budget to tell your time where it's going to go? And, and we're going to, we're going to unpack what this looks like in this episode. I think Dr. Steve, we're going to even get into some, some other things in a, in a follow-up episode. Cause we're, we're just going to, we got to get into some things here, but do you have a budget for your time? Ask yourself this. And what does that even mean to you? Do you have a budget for your energy? Do you have a budget for your focus? Do you think about your life that way? Or have you found yourself just caught up in the, in the, the hamster wheel, just, I made some decisions and now I'm, I'm living with the consequences of that. And I don't know what I can do about it anymore. But we're here to say, we're, we're coming alongside of you and saying, we know it, we feel you, we've been there, done that. And it is a, the work of being a remarkable city. A lot of it has comes back to your ability as the leader to be able to understand it for yourself. So then you can help the people that you lead do the same thing. Yeah, it's, uh, I think the trickiest one is the focus point, you know? So I think that's probably where CEOs struggle the most. I know that's certainly, you know, that's, that's a dis, that's a discipline and a skill set. Really, it's a skill set that you have to, um, establish for yourself. Uh, you have to develop that muscle. Um, it's an environment that you have to establish for yourself. This construct you have to establish to protect it, right? Like you've got to protect your focus. People think about like they protect their money, right? So you, you have mechanisms in your financial world that protect your money. Like you've got, you got mechanisms in your life that protect your, your, your time, you know, like your calendar, et cetera. So what do you have in place to protect your focus? Right. So, um, you really, you've really got to generate and develop environments that protect your focus. So I love the expression that environment trumps willpower. Um, and to make sure that you recognize that, you know, you get to set up your environment, right? Lar propinquity, right? Where you set up an environment once and it pays you back a million times or it's death by a thousand cuts, your choice. Um, so to be able to set yourself up so you're like, man, I'm creating an environment that actually promotes and fosters focus, right? So I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my setup here right now and I'm, and I'm, being a bit duplicitous because I've got this monster screen that's got like five, five uh, windows open. And I don't even want to show you how many tabs I've got open on my email. It's okay. It's like, I almost got my wife this t-shirt that said, um, my, my mind right now is like my computer screen. It's, I've got too many tabs open and I have no idea what that music is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's like, we all have days like that. We all have moments like that. You know, um, the reality is, is that, like you said, you can multitask, but you cannot multifocus. That's just the law of the jungle, right? So for some of you, you might be like scrolling through emails while you listen to this podcast. Trust me, try reading an email and picking up on what we just said. <laughs> like you'll catch yourself being like, oh my gosh, I got to rewind because my, my mind, you'll feel it shift over to I'm reading something. You can't read one thing and listen to another thing. Right now you can listen to music in the background, but guess what? You're not trying to learn music, right? Like if you were trying to learn how to play a guitar riff, you couldn't read and listen to the music and learn a guitar riff, riff right? So it's like, you got to recognize that there is, there's conscious and subconscious activities. When you're consciously focusing on something, the mind is incredibly efficient and effective at just blocking everything else out, right? So, cause energetically focus is expensive. So you got to recognize that it's literally pick the thing you're going to focus on, right? So that is budgeting your focus, right? It's, it's, it's like you said, Pete, telling your money where to go 
is a financial budget. Telling your mind where to go is the focus budget. So good. I, you know, as I think about this and you talked about it right at the beginning, this is a quarterly discipline. I think it starts there, but it, it even needs to get even tighter. So once you've determined we talk about the frameworks of, you know, having your project planner setting up, what are the areas that we need to focus? What are the, the projects, the big rocks that we need to move forward this quarter so that we achieve what we want to achieve next, which is during the next 12 months and then ultimately the next three to five years. So we have these frameworks that help us get started, but it needs to get tighter than that. And you talked about, you know, what, where the, you know, the guardrails for your time is your calendar. And you just talked about the, 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 the protective mechanism for your focus is your environment. So I know for me, that's really important is the environments that I set up. And I know for you as well. And so a lot of this comes back to the routines and the, and the resources that I have and accountability that I have in my life that enables me to stay focused so that I don't end up going down paths, saying yes to things that I shouldn't say yes to, doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And so a lot of times, we, the reason why we get off focus is because we end up doing things that we shouldn't be doing. I think for CEOs, the tendency a lot of times is that we end up going back into that owner-operator role. We stop working in, on our business. We start going back to working in it, right? We start becoming the person that has to go in and rescue. We love that, that brute force, like throwing up on my back. I got it. I'll take it up the mountain. And there are times and places that that's the right thing to do. It's fine. But unfortunately, it oftentimes becomes just the way that it is because we haven't structured our life in such a way. We haven't structured our time, energy, and focus in such a way that we end up just reverting back to that. It's the path of least resistance. We just revert right back to this place where we were a year ago, three years ago, doing the same thing the same way. And, you know, we're spinning our wheels. That's right. And so for us to get ducks even past that, there's a few things that have to happen that we have to have in place. We have to have, number one, we have to have a system in place for creating focus, creating an environment. You talked about obviously, you know, your, your, your current environment there at the office there, but you know, that you're, you're a work in progress. We all are. So, but you have an ability because of the way you've created it. I've seen your area, your design, the environment that you've created there. So that when you walk in and it's almost like you walk into the present into a presence, it's like, well, something happens here. Like clearly like this is, yeah. And, and like, you've like the adjustatorium, you know, when you see adjust adjustatorium, it's like walking yep. into a dojo, right? It's yes. like, you're walking into the studio. Like, it's like, literally it's like, okay, this is a sacred place. Like this is a place yes. that's been consecrated. This is a place that's dedicated to yes. do this thing, right? So you should feel that. You should feel that when you walk into your war room in your office. Yes. It's like, it's like, like, like literally that's where, you know, when you walk into your kitchen, you know, where your dining area is for your family, there shouldn't be a TV going. And this is like, the ta you know, there shouldn't be phones on the table. Just, this is a consecrated place. It's designed yeah. to be a place where we connect. Like in yes. anything that would distract from that doesn't belong, right? So yes. this, I mean, this is an incredible consciousness, Pete. And, you know, frankly, people are like, why are you guys having this conversation as CEOs? I'm like, this is the CEO conversation, right? So I wish there wasn't a term called CFO. I wish that didn't mean chief financial officer, because frankly, I think this program should be called the CFO program, right? So the chief focus officer, right? So that's what we do as CEOs, right? So we collect and direct the limited resources of the business. In other words, we tell people what to focus on, focus the money here, 
Focus your time here. Focus your energy here. Like literally when people say, oh, I would like to make another $100,000 next year. Okay, so what what should I do? Focus. Well, we'd like to grow the business a half a million dollars next year. What should we do? Well, let's start with focus, right? They're like, it's my favorite F word. Now, granted, some of my friends would probably argue with that, but it's my favorite F word, right? So it's like literally WTF means where's the focus, right? Like, what are you focused on? What are you focused on? What are your teams focused on? Literally as CEOs, you have to, that, you have to keep front of mind my job when we say vision casting. What does that mean? It means this is where we're going. Focus on this point. There's the North Star, focus on this image. This is what's important now. Focus on these things, right? This is what's important now and what you need to do. I need you to focus on these things in order for us to get there. Here is your scorecard with your KPIs. Focus on these things. This is your job description. Focus on these responsibilities, right? These are our goals. Focus on these activities that drive the goals. Pete, it's all about focus. Yeah, so a couple just contextually. So as a CEO, we talk about that it's win-win, right? So one of the objectives is focus. So determine what's important now. Okay. That's the first one. And then as a result of that, your ability to determine what's important now actually came from your ability to determine prior to that, what's important next. See, because it's what's important now, what's important next, what's important now, what's important next, what's important now, what's important next. You see how that goes? It's a line. So you're going from determining what's important now, and then you're channeling the resources of the people that are working with you, including yourself, towards doing the actual out, right? So you don't, you don't do outcomes, you do the behaviors that drive the outcomes. We talked about that earlier in, in, today. So that you, you then put people, yourself included, into a place where they're able to, they have clarity on this is what's important now. I'm going to take the, my limited resource of time, energy, and focus, my team's limited resource of time, energy, and focus, and we're going to go after doing this, what's important now, because that's, and, and driving towards specific outcomes. But as a CEO, remember the other win, which is what's important next. You have to actually have the ability to then also focus on what's important next. So that when we arrive at the destination, everybody gets out like, what are we going to do? Like, I don't know. We haven't really thought about it. You've already gone ahead and said, I'll tell you what we're going to do next quarter. And then the next quarter, what I'm thinking, and then we'll get more clarity to go. And then even the next quarter, we're, we're actually thinking ahead. So your ability as a CEO to be able to focus on what's important next, which is what happens is we are like, we arrive at the end and we're like, I don't really know. We got we to gotta redo this again. No, we've been focusing on what's important next while we've been doing what's important now. And we just, you see it's now, next, now, next. This, this, is, this is killer. Yeah. This is killer. This is like, the point is, is we have a contextual role. Okay. So yeah. when you hear us say, take a three-year view of the business, what does that mean? Listen, you're the only one in your practice, in your business right now that has a three-year view of your business. Yeah, You're fortunate if people on your team have a three-week view, probably a three-hour view of your business. Just know that they're different than you. They're not an owner of this. You have to have a three-year view of your business. It's contextual, right? So if you're determining what's important now, based on what? Otherwise, there you are, you're reacting, right? What's important next? Based on what, 
right? So are, are we in the proactive creative space or are we in the reactive problem whack-a-mole space, right? That's, those are symptoms of you not taking the three-year view of your business so you have the context to make the decision. This is what I want you to focus on. Pete, let me tell you what, man. This consciousness, what we're talking about right now, is how you take your job and turn it into a business. This is how you stop shouldering the load of all of the responsibility for productivity on your team is this very topic we're talking about right now. And people are like, wow, it seems nebulous, right? So here's the key to this is I remember I can, I'm viscerally experiencing this as I say this. I went from, don't worry, I got it. Put it on my back. Let's squat this thing. No problem. You want to put more on? Put more on, right? Like, and that was prideful. There was a season for that, right? But I knew, I knew, you know what? Just put it on. I'll do it, right? That's the owner operator labor. When you go to leader, that first stage is, okay, I got to start delegating, right? So I got to start telling others, listen, you're the best person to do this. I want you to focus on this. You're the best person to do this. I want you to focus on this. You're the best person to do this. I want you to focus on that. Now, now what you're doing is you're distributing the load across your team and you're telling people what to focus on. That was the next level. There's another level on the other side of that. The next level on the other side of that is to stop telling people what to focus on and start asking people what they are focused on. So once you have the right people in the right seats doing the right work the right way, and you've established the expectations and agreements through the system that we teach, once people are clear, this is my role, these are my responsibilities, this is what's being measured, so these are my KPIs, these are my goals, you're training and equipping them. When they get stuck or they're challenged or underperforming, stop telling them what to focus on and simply ask them, what are you focused on? Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. What's up, Remarkables? Hey, this is Dr. Stephen Franson, and I'm here with Justin Maxwell from Big Life Financial. Justin, what's happening, brother? Yeah, thank you for, for letting me be here. I'm really excited, and I really appreciate the 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 organization you build, it brings a ton of value. I'm really excited to be a part of it and just really glad that we're up early in the morning and chatting. Man, we, uh, we're excited to have you guys. Big Life Financial has been awesome for so many of our clients, so many of our Remarkables. I've heard so many great stories and I have my own personal story. So I'll share that when we wrap this thing up. But, uh, you know, you know, the story here, we we do three questions. I've got three questions for you and I want to help our membership, our, our listeners, our subscribers uh, understand exactly what do you guys do and you know how do you help them directly or indirectly help more people uh, and why should they uh, connect with you guys? So uh, let's get after it. So first question, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Big Life Financial is like exactly who are you guys? What do you do? And why should we, why should we, why should we care? Yeah, thank you. So Big Life Financial is a a very specialized niche firm. Like we're, we're a, a we're in the hybrid space of where we don't necessarily tell people where to invest their money. We don't like give business coaching, like what you guys do, but we're really centered on structuring business owners lives in a way that helps them keep as much money as possible. So we attack tax strategy, we attack insurances, we attack just a holistic approach to what the individual doctor values because that matters in what they're what they want to accomplish what legacy they want to accomplish do they have a family do they not have a family 
how big of practice do they want? Do they want to expand? Do they want to stay small or it, just not small, but like, do they want to stay in their own little individual practice? All of those things combine into a, a picture of helping the doctor keep as much money as possible. And then it, it rallies back around to if you keep more, the doctor then can deliver more value, help more people, whether that's their family, whether that's the patients they're helping, whether that's getting their message out to the world more. By keeping more, you have more to deliver your value, deliver your message. I love that. All right. So let's unpack that a bit. So we're, we've been focused quite a bit here on what we call the fifth domain. So everybody knows the four domains of practice success, right? Attraction, marketing, conversion, sales, retention, which is value delivery, and then team building. The fifth domain is financial, right? It's money, right? So it's looking at collections and capturing value, right? So we also know the four stages of value. So there's that it's creating value, it's delivering value, it's adding value, and it's capturing value. Capturing value is getting paid well for the work that you do, right? So we add a lot of value and we know the premise, money follows value, right? So it's one thing to make a lot of money. It's another thing to keep the money, right? So it's, it's not just how much you make, it's how much you keep. And we all know that at the end of the day, we've got to pay taxes, right? This death in taxes, you know, but, you know, ultimately I say, you know, I want to be the largest taxpayer I could possibly be, but I don't want to spend one more penny than I absolutely have to, right? So what can you do to help us keep more of the great money that we're making? Yeah, so we have a lot of different unique strategies and it really boils down to because the more money you make is exactly right. You're starting to creep up into tax brackets. And the, the, once you start getting to 30% tax bracket, it starts leaking away much, much quicker. Like you start notice, like it start you as the doctor start realizing, wow, like my tax bill is getting bigger and bigger. And a lot of times people just think I'm, I'm out of options. Like I just have to pay it. And that's not necessarily true. There are different strategies and different things that you can put in place. Uh, one of the lowest hanging fruits that we like to attack first with doctors is the research and development tax credit. And the reason we attack that first is because it's likely that the doctor has already done the work, done the behaviors to qualify for it. They just haven't claimed it yet. And so is what we can do is we do a three-year look back. We, we look to see in 2018, in 2019, in 2020, did you do the behaviors necessary? And was there a credit generated that you should have claimed back in 2018, back in 2019, but you didn't. And a lot of times, um, most of the time, like probably eight out of 10 chiropractors that we look at that gross $500,000 or more qualify for this. So most of the time you have qual they qualified for it, but not claimed it. And so as what we do is we do the look, we see if you qualify, and then we go back to the IRS. We help you tell them that, hey, I should have claimed this credit. I didn't realize it was available to me. And then the IRS will send you your tax dollars back. So for most chiropractors, it sits pretty typically between about ten dollars to $25,000 that's on the table at the IRS that they didn't have to pay. But because we're able to help them bring that back, they were recovering that ten dollars to $25,000. That's, that's a big deal. That's a lot of money. Like Just think about how much effort you put into earning $10,000, like how long it takes you to get $10,000 in from your patient, from your practice, from your system, or $25,000, whatever number it is. Think how much effort it takes to get that, but now we're just one quick meeting. We're able to pull that money back. It's back in your life. You can bring more value. You can invest in your people, invest in your practice, invest in your family, whatever you want. So that's that's one easy, quick method that we use 
to help bring value and help people keep the money that they've already made. Man, I didn't need to hear that story twice. I heard Derek Van Ness tell that story and I called him immediately. And yeah. I said, all right, help me understand this because I know that you know the my ears perked up, which means that I think every chiropractor in the room's ears perked up. I'm like, you can help our people reclaim some of the, you know, the monies that they've already paid in taxes in the rears, getting back, you know, some of the monies, the deductions that they didn't realize, right? Some of these hidden deductions, right? So, you know, I hired them myself. Um, Big Life just went after it for me, went back three years. And, you know, you know, truth be told, I was, I had some trepidation. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this, this going to red flag me? Am I going to end up getting audited? What have you? But I did my homework on this. And, you know, uh, this is something that I can personally attest to. Um, I got $27,000 plus back for one year so far, you know, and, you know, those were 27000 of my favorite dollars, you know, and they <laughs> came back from directly from the IRS, a check from the IRS. And, you know, I'm waiting on my next two years. So, you know, what I can tell you is my personal experience with it has been fantastic and I'm excited by it. Um, I, you know, I vetted the system and the theory uh, and of course you guys uh, and man, it came up three thumbs up. So, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate of it. Uh, I know that we're, we're, we're approaching um, our 10 minute mark here. And I also know that we're approaching um, a date uh, that we want to make sure that we, if, if people want to be able to go back to 2018, um, I believe it's April 15th. We've got to get this process started. If you want to be able to go back to 2018, 2019, 2020, if you want to capture 2018 without that expiring, is the date April 15th? Is that, is that, a, is that a deadline that we need to be aware of? Yeah, you need to be aware of. And then you have to realize it also takes our team about a month to do our evaluation, to calculate how much you're going to get and to do the whole the whole shebang, like it's not a quick process. So yep. we got to get on it very quickly here if you're going to want to recapture that. Excellent. Excellent. All right, guys. So, uh, you know, success is reserved for the action takers. So um, Big Life Financial, Justin Maxwell, you're awesome, brother. We appreciate you. Um, if our um, remarkables want to get in touch with you, how, how do we find you? How do we get in touch with you? Yeah, we, it's really, really simple. You just go to biglifefinancial.com and then just slash TRP. So we make it really simple. And then you can sign up. You'll get on my calendar. It's a free, no obligation look. We'll do an evaluation of your business to see if you qualify. And then we'll see if there's other areas that we can help because the R&D credit is just the low hanging fruit. There's some other things that we can take a look at as well. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So big life financial forward slash or .com forward slash TRP. Is that correct? Um, yep. Correct. And, and we will put, uh, we'll put it in the show notes as well. So you'll be able to get that link. Uh, Justin, thank you so much, man. Uh, you guys remember, uh, it's one thing to deliver value. It's another thing to add value and, and to capture value. It's another thing entirely to be able to reclaim and keep the value, right? So make sure that you're putting those monies in your pocket, because we all know the truth that money follows value and you deliver so much value in your community, man, you should be keeping the lining chair of that. So, all right, Justin, thanks so much, man. God bless. Have a great week. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.